Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Hate rhetoric from politicians, religious leaders, and media outlets is at the root of the attacks like at Club Q, and it needs to stop now. Rhetoric that makes people less than for being different. Rhetoric that threatens to silence what sports we can play, what bathrooms we can use, how we define our family, and who I can marry. Every American... Every American, especially those elected to positions of power, has a responsibility and a choice to use their words consciously. Hate starts with speech. No, it doesn't. And I am so prepared for the fight on this subject. A hill worth dying on. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This is James Slaw who was there at that nightclub, this gay nightclub in Colorado Springs, when someone came in and opened fire and five people were murdered. None of those people deserve to die. And James, to me, has the right to live his life the way he sees fit. He has no right to tell me uh, that um, my speech should be surveilled and determined acceptable or unacceptable based on what he thinks is hateful. I would tell James, as sure as I'm sitting here right now, that no one deserved what that what happened at that club in Colorado Springs, and those five people didn't deserve to die. And just as equally as those five people didn't deserve to die, I wouldn't let you tell me what I can and can't say if my life depended on it. That's how little power I give you over me. That's how little your words mean. To me. Now, to you, they matter greatly. And I don't tell you you can't use them. I simply inform you that I reject your premise. And that I will not be told what to say. And I will not be told that I can't say certain things because it's hate speech or a hate crime. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. I forget if I said hello. I I, I sometimes forget. I apologize. In the state of Indiana where I live, they have been talking about hate crimes for years, and we need hate crime legislation. And I stand opposed. And I have uh, Jews throughout the Indianapolis area, I'm Jewish myself, who look at me askew. How could I be opposed to hate crimes legislation? You know, there's, there's people out there who hate Jews. Yes, Yes, there are. And they'll be out there after I'm dead and you're dead. Your legislation will not stop it. What your legislation states is that there are indeed subset protected classes. What your legislation states is that all the animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. And I say, no, I am not special. I am not a flower. I do not need special protections. I have the Constitution of the United States. I have the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. I'm good. Thank you very much. The idea that you want government to curtail speech is oppressive and abusive. And I would argue, James, and anybody else, that's the hate.
And why can't we dig into the fact that the person who committed this shooting refers to themselves as non-binary? Yet it is people who are LGBTQ, who love the letters, who want to state, nope, 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 they're not non-binary. We don't believe that. They're a man, and, and, and they did this. And all of a sudden, you can decide who is and who isn't based on based on what? Based on your narrative? This big hearing going on today, and people like like James really pouring out their soul that I disagree with them is different than whether or not I understand that they're in a place of anger and pain and hurt. I just think they're thinking about it wrong, and it is my job to stand up and say no, and here's why. I don't have an actual animus against James who made that statement. James is just mistaken, A, on the very concept of hate speech, and then the idea that somehow there should be some kind of government regulation or government movement on the idea of what it is other people can say because he doesn't like it. I don't care if you don't like it. We can agree that if you're putting out there into the world, let's go kill James or let's go kill Tony, that's an issue. But if you're putting a philosophy into the world or you're putting a, a thought into the world, the idea that it's going to inspire other people, things do inspire people. I'm not saying no. But your job is to bring a voice in opposition to it so people can see that there's another way to think, not to tell people they can't say certain things. You can't tell people they can't say certain things. Here is an example of what I'm talking about. Kelly Robinson President of the Human Rights Campaign speaking in front of this panel. By lawmakers is fueling growing attacks in our communities. It's happening in state houses, in schools, and on street corners. Yesterday, we released a report identifying 24 hospitals and providers across 22 states attacked online following misleading and inflammatory social media posts from bad actors. Just last week, California State Senator Scott Weiner himself, a gay Jewish man, was a target of a bomb threat because of his support working with trans youth and their families. Included in the threat were two words, pedophile and groomer. Scott Weiner is an odd dude. And Scott Weiner is being accused of having, to, of having engaged that threat against himself. That's... Part of the reporting, I don't know where the follow-up is on this. By the way, Scott Weiner is one of the people who has engaged in sponsorship of bills in California, which expands discretion for judges to exempt, exempt mandatory sex offender registration in um, anal rape cases. That's how it's written. And uh, makes California a refuge for minors from other states seeking um, uh, transgender surgeries. This is Scott Weiner. If you think that the term groomer is unacceptable, I can appreciate such a thing. But I'm not here to try and defend you from it. If you think children should be able to have operations to physically mutilate themselves... Even when their parents say no, I think that you're the problem.
And I think it's very strange that Kelly Robinson, human rights campaign president, would utilize somebody as an example who there is this question about whether or not they engage this threat against themselves after having an argument with, I think it was with Charlie Kirk. They had this online argument. And then a day later, this thing happens, and so there's some questions about what took place. I wouldn't favor or, or, or condone the, the, the threatening. I always oppose that stuff. You don't like somebody, okay, you disagree with somebody, fine. You got to call and threaten them. You got to engage a threat. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. But we see how many of these cases turn out to be self-involved, whether it's uh, 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 Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett or, or somebody else. These things we've seen on campuses. My gosh, they found a noose. They found this. And it's people who uh, did it themselves to try and bring attention. Then there is... This person who believes that the use of the term groomer is violence. People who are already receptive to that message take it to heart, and it reinforces their prejudices. In their minds, trans people either become victims to be saved from ourselves or villains to be punished. One example of this in action is the misuse of the term groomer. Anti-LGBTQ activists have appropriated this terminology used by survivors of childhood sexual abuse and used it to slander LGBTQ people and our allies as predatory, harmful toward children. In reality, trans people are significantly more likely to be the victims of sexual abuse than perpetrators of it. And now this misused terminology has become part of the political discourse around trans people. No. The term groomer is being directed towards those people who think that children should be sexualized. That involves people who are trans and that involves people who are straight. It does. It is never directed at LGBTQIA+, because not all gay people believe in this thing. And I would argue that people who have engaged the concept of transgenderism, who have gender uh, dysphoria, they don't all necessarily agree with this when it comes to children. And is invoked as a reason to further restrict our rights in the name of protecting children. This same rhetoric has subsequently been used as justification for violent anti-LGBTQ activism. Heavily armed protesters have made numerous attacks or attempts at intimidation against family-friendly pride events and drag performances around the country. Even hospitals have been targeted with bomb threats and intimidation tactics, based on social media figures spreading baseless stories that the providers are, in their words, mutilating children. If you take a healthy 14-year-old girl and you remove her breasts because she decided she's a boy, it's mutilation. Not even going to apologize for that. I don't think you should be threatened. I don't think there should be bomb threats. I don't think there should be threats of violence. I oppose all of it. But if you allow a 14-year-old girl to have her body ripped apart because she decided she's a he, that's abuse. That's mutilation. Don't confuse the issues, but confusing the issues is purposeful in this case. Confusing the issues is the desire in this case. And the person speaking here, Olivia Hunt, you tell me your name's Olivia, I'll call you Olivia, is working aggressively to ensure that you don't get to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is that there's a difference between adults and children. And what happens to children matters greatly. 
and that children should indeed be protected. And protected does not mean, well, do the surgery and give them the puberty blocker and do this. That's not what it means. That's the abuse. And we're okay with the fight. This is the hill. Maybe Olivia Hunt needs to hear this in a more direct way. You're wrong. And we're ready. And who is the we? That's the part that's amazing that people really are lost on. The we are certainly the free and thinking people. The we are people who can understand that adults have a hard enough time with these things when they have this gender dysphoria issue. With children, it's about social contagion and trying to get kids to think, hey, you're special. Hey, you're cool. Hey, we'll keep it from your parents. If you believe in keeping things from parents, the term groomer might apply, and I can't help you. I cannot save you from that terminology. You're the one who wants to engage with children without parents knowing. Sorry, I'm out. You're going to have to defend your own damn self. Olivia Hunt is wrong. And add to that name, President Joe Biden. When hospitals, libraries, and community centers are threatened and intimidated, excuse me, because they support LGBTQ children and families, we have to speak out. We must stop the hate and violence, like we just saw in Colorado Springs, where a place of acceptance and celebration was targeted for violence and terror. We need to challenge the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. We have to protect these children so they know they are loved and we will stand up for them and say they can seek for themselves. You don't love children by mutilating children. And this was the moment where President Biden showed you that he is amongst the radicals, disgusting and despicable. We already know he's got an issue with kids. The sniffing's a real weird thing. The story of the diary, was it his daughter, was it his granddaughter? I don't even remember. Good Lord, weird stuff. Joe Biden is okay with the mutilation of children. To hell with Joe Biden. Said it, meant it, quote me. We're done here. There comes a moment where you have to draw the line and say, enough. What happened in Colorado Springs was an attack on a gay nightclub. It cannot be said any other way. The person who engaged it refers to themselves as non-binary. And I don't think anybody out there gets to decide whether this guy is or isn't because nobody else is allowed to make that call. I'm not allowed to say if somebody is or isn't. But what happened in this nightclub is not the conversation of what's happening with children who are being pushed by adults to make these kinds of decisions. The pressure, the social contagion that Joe Biden won't admit to, but rather tell us, the free and thinking people of the world, that it's wrong that we notice the abuse of kids at the hands of adults. To hell with him. What other word is there? What other term exists? Give it to me. I'll use it. Give me something better. Give me something stronger. Give me something more direct and clear and focused, and I will use it. I got nothing. I've got a president 
who says it's okay to go after these kids, to operate on these kids, to give chemicals, uh, puberty blockers, I should say, to these kids. Kids. And you think that's protection? It's not protection. Hate crimes legislation is not protection. It is about preventing speech. It's about preventing people from saying things. It's about keeping people silent. It is about oppression. Children deciding their own gender is about codifying abuse. And the answer is no. The line must be drawn. And Joe Biden put himself on a very ugly side of the line. Remember that. When you vote, remember that when he next speaks. And remember that when he dares tell you that he cares. Please. I'm Tony Katz. Washington Post announcing layoffs, and they're not taking any questions. Uh, Ryan, finger on the dump button just to make sure. Just like that, the publisher, Fred Ryan, leaves the room. Layoffs. I'm out. And off he goes. Rough stuff. Rough stuff. Uh, no word yet on whether Taylor Lawrence is going to be laid off. If you don't know who Taylor Lawrence is, you're just super lucky. Taylor Lawrence is a so-called journalist who makes her bones uh, saying that she's a victim of everything. And if you say anything about her, it's, well, it's just because you're a misogynist. Right? That's... That's that. Uh, her latest uh, talking smack about Barry Weiss, who was with the New York Times and, and famously left and started her own uh, Substack, uh, and now she's creating her own uh, media company called the Free Press. Uh, and Taylor Lawrence responded with notable what gets framed as a buzzy media startup because it's Barry Weiss. It would be pretty buzzy. If you start off rich, have a rich spouse, rich friends, don't follow any journalistic ethical rules, and focus your content solely on serving the interests of extremely powerful rich people, you can go far. Taylor Lawrence is famous for uh, doxing the libs of TikTok account. That was her. Showing up at, at, at her home or home of family members. That's Taylor Lawrence. And now going after Barry Weiss, going after anybody who doesn't comport with her politics. Please, Washington Post, Taylor Lawrence first. By the way, when Barry Weiss has this up and running, I will uh, I will uh, get myself a uh, subscription. I'll be supportive. I want to see what happens. We don't agree politically, but she's certainly interesting and believes in free speech. That I, That's enough. Everything else we can debate. People believe in free speech we can debate with. It's good things ahead. The border remains 
a problem worthy of discussion. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So I've been following the Cigar Aficionado Top 10 Cigars of 2022. They haven't released number one yet, uh, but they have released two through 10. And I was saying I was saying the other day that just looking at their, their bottom five, I'm like, yeah, I think they're two for five. But I like their two, three, and four. I, I, I like two of their two, three, and four. It's Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Uh, the whole con- concept, the whole conversation about lists and, 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 and how they work, how they're, how they're seen by people, how they're viewed by people, it's just, it's, it, it, it's always good for clickbait. It's always good for creating conversation and interaction because people get passionate about uh, the thing. Oh, no, this is better. That's better. Um, but when it, when it comes to cigars, I, I am, I, I guess the same thing is true about maybe anything. What is it that moves people? I was looking at this list. You guys know, I know a thing or two about cigars. I host Eat, Drink, Smoke, uh, the Cigar and Bourbon show. We're on uh, all across the country on weekends. We actually have a book signing coming up on, on Saturday in Brownsburg, Indiana, a place called Smoker's Choice, fantastic cigar lounge, huge, huge humidor, massive. So we've got our book about bourbon. Let's go bourbon. Myself and Fingers Malloy will be signing the book from 4 to 6 p.m. at Smoker's Choice, which is on Green Street in Brownsburg, Indiana. Uh, and we'll have Eat, Drink, Smoke swag uh, for sale. And we've got a, a pairing we're doing. I think it's uh, it's the Blackened. It's the Drew Estate Blackened. And, and we've got a Bardstown bourbon that, that we're, we're pairing it with. It's going to be very, very cool. And so I'm looking at this list. And I'm like, I don't. I, I, what will they have at Smoker's Choice that will be on this list? And they've got a couple of, of the things: uh, the Davidoff Nicaragua Diadema, which uh, Bravo. Now Diadema is a shape, D I A D E M A. Diadema is is a shape. Vitola uh, of 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 a cigar. That's that's what it it, it means. That's what it stands for. Um, it's it's a great shape. It's you know, uh, it's a closed foot. Right, so it starts at, at a point, ends at a, at a point, and so it's an enjoyable shape because what you have to do is when, when you cut the cap end, right? You don't want to cut too too deep. You know, I, me, I always like to be a little more shallow. You can always cut more. You can't cut less. And then as you light it, the draw is a little tougher at first because you've got a very small point and it opens up, and and that's what the the, the blender is going for, right? To create this experience. Same thing is true of a car. Like, well, how does a car have a certain ride, certain feel, certain fit, certain finish? They're they're trying to create a, a certain relationship with you to it and an experience for it. And so I think it's a great shape. The Davidoff Nicaragua, ec- excellent, excellent, excellent. Cigar, not a cheap cigar, but an excellent cigar in the medium full. And so I was like, "All right, that's a that's a solid pick for number three. Uh, number five was uh, the the Oliva Suri V Churchill Extra. Now I don't know what the extra part is. All I know is that the Suri V, fantastic, fantastic Nicaraguan uh, throughout. There's just never ever a moment that the Oliva V will will let you down. It, it it just it just won't it just won't do it it's just terrific terrific cigar all the way through and and it doesn't matter what shape vitola it it, it is uh, and then there's the v and then there's the the v melanio uh a different uh style of cigar uh, that i also love so you can go you, you won't go wrong with any of those uh for 
Well, I don't know if you're getting them for Christmas or doing whatever. So I thought this list was was fair. I thought their top 10 was fair. Uh, 10th on the list is the Arturo Fuente Rare Pink Sophisticated Hooker. Yeah, it's the actual name of the cigar. Sophisticated Hooker. Yeah, there are they are um they are they are pretty brash over there at Arturo Fuente. Um once a year they do I don't even know if it's once a year. They do the rare pinks and it's um it's this it's a specialty line, right? Comes out uh once a a year. Sophisticated Hooker actually was the name of a boat. It was the name of a fishing boat. Uh, that the the Fuente family, it's Carlos Fuentes Jr. Uh, uh, he he saw and he's like that. I'm naming a cigar that. That's how it uh, came uh, to be. And a portion of the proceeds of every box goes to fund breast cancer, which is why it's the pink box. It's the uh, the, the the rare pinks. Sensationally good, sensationally good. The problem is, is that it's it's this this wonderful cigar. If you can find some of the rare pinks, you should you should get some. But in store, online, if anybody still has them, they are charging prices that are insane. So, for example, on the sophisticated hooker, uh, the the MSRP seventeen eighteen bucks. Seen it online, sixty five dollars and higher. And and I'm here to tell you, I like Arturo Fuente quite a bit. Sixty five dollars, nope. But that happens with everything. Everything you know when you when you get into the to, to the rareness, you will find people pushing things on a secondary market. Bourbon is doing this all over the place. And by the way, I, I cannot speak to the legality of engaging things on the secondary market. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know stay over here and say you shouldn't do those things. You shouldn't sell things on the secondary market. It may or may not be legal, and I don't think you should uh, you should uh, in, involve yourself in those kinds. of of activities. Hopefully made the lawyers happy right there. But it's true. I had a bottle. I actually reviewed it on on the show and uh, uh, we've got another bottle to review. It was Old Forester, which makes some fine, fine bourbon. Great name. Uh, It was their 2021 birthday bourbon. So this is what, 10 year old uh, bourbon, 11 year old bourbon. Uh, And and it, if, if you could find it on the shelves, best of luck. They now don't even do it on the shelves. You uh, get entered into a lottery. And if you get picked, you then get an opportunity to purchase a bottle from the distillery. That's how they do it now. Uh, and so I had gotten a bottle as a gift of the 2021 birthday bourbon and did it on the show. And we had we had this audience and we poured uh, it for everybody. And I was like, this is not good. I was so I, I was just so disappointed it, just, it didn't work for me at all, the 2021. It didn't. And then I got my hands on a bottle of the 2022. I'm like, all right, I guess we're doing it again. We're doing it again. We'll see where I end up. But that bottle that is hard to find on the second day market, over a thousand bucks. Over a thousand dollars. Weller which is a huge name in bourbon. Weller's a massive, massive uh, name. William LaRue Weller, right? Huge, huge name. Well, you can um, look up the Weller 12-year. Weller 12-year, 12-year-old bourbon. Uh, Think of it as baby Pappy. Pappy Van Winkle. 
And remember, Poppy Van Winkle is 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 the name of names because it's a weeded bourbon. It's a little got got some more of that 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 sweetness there, and it, it, it was really the first to do it, and so special. And now it's just the name has become the thing. I actually was part of an auction where I was the the auctioneer, and I I auctioned off a bottle of the twenty three year for three thousand dollars, and that was cheap. Someone got a deal at three grand. On, on a bottle of bourbon. Well, the Weller 12-year, I mean, if you can pick it up in a store, I, I don't know, is it, is it 50? Is it 150? I guess it could be somewhere in there. Secondary market? Five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800? Absolutely positively. Now, I, if, if you're arguing with me, allow me to be clear. I have seen some prices come down recently i i absolutely have prices without question have come down on a series of products but some people are desperate for it to fill a collection some people aren't as as price savvy as others and this bottle was more expensive six months ago than it is uh today I mean, there are things like the Woodford Reserve, the Baccarat edition. I've got people selling that for five grand. Five Gs? No. No. Oh, no. No. And, and Woodford, uh, I, I like. I, I, I uh, adore. But yeah, you got you to gotta be checking and double checking. But that secondary market, there are, there are buyers and people will buy. And the same thing is true for cigars. I guess the same thing is true for anything high-end. If you can create a rarity and a scarcity uh, to it, then, then you can command a price. That's what Rolex does. Rolex so engages in, in the controlling of pricing and the manipulation of pricing. And what's fascinating is in, in the height of COVID, Rolexes were going for insane money which is strange because if you were to buy and and I'm, I'm going to use this as an example and the prices may be a little bit different now but go with me on the philosophy you could have bought a rolex daytona which wasn't even a watch people were super interested in like a decade or so ago you can buy a rolex daytona for I think the MSRP or, or how the Rolex stores, those authorized dealers, well, they sell for 14 grand. I know what you're saying. $14,000 for a watch. My phone can tell time. Settle down. It's more of a story. But if you could get one for $14,000, a year ago, you could have resold that watch for $60,000 insane now probably about $25,000 and because it it has it's come down people bought watches at the height thinking that things would just go up 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 and they did not they did not and if you're asking well why would anybody do that well why does anybody do anything they want the rare thing they want the unusual thing they want the trendy thing and they're willing to, to to spend on it that's that's exactly why why it happens. Am I spending sixty thousand dollars on a watch? No, no, I am not. Neither am I spending sixty thousand dollars on a cigar. Sixty five dollars on a cigar, I will absolutely spend. 
but it makes it a lot harder to know that I could find it for 17 And I've bought $100 cigars before, and some of them absolutely wonderful, and some of them never going to buy again. Same thing is true with $8 cigars. It's just a lot easier to say, oh, okay, I'm never buying that cigar again when it's 8 bucks, or just saying, nope, I'm not going to do it. Even at 100 bucks, even if you're not enjoying it, you got to finish it. You got to, that's, that's the rule. That's the standard. I swear to you, I don't even know what got me on this topic. I have no idea what got me into a conversation about cigars. Not, I think I just saw the list. I'm like, God, these are these are some good choices, especially with Christmas coming up. If you're if you're looking for some cigars uh, to to put on your list, what would be good to smoke for Christmas? Uh, the the Davidoff Nicaragua Diadema. That's a nice choice. Always the Oliva Serie V Churchill uh, is is on uh, the the list. Uh, the, also on the on the list for uh, for cigar aficionado is the My Father. Now they have the Le Bijou 1922, uh, the Churchill, which is a seven by fifty Nicaraguan cigar, medium full uh, c- cigar. Um, my father, I think, does some nice work. Uh, this is uh, uh, Pepin Garcia. Um, I, I think I'd be a little more my father, the judge, but but the Bijou is a might be an interesting choice. Um, you're, you're, it's it's got a chocolate sweetness uh, and, a, and a and a spice undercurrent. It's a nice it's a it's a nice it's a nice move. If, if, if you can find that one, you, you'd be all right. Those are actually good choices. Uh, if you listen to my Cigar and Bourbon show, Eat, Drink, Smoke, uh, in two weeks, we will have our bourbon of the year and our cigars of the year. So uh, wait for that. But the the Davidoff Nicaragua Diadema, the Oliva Serie V Churchill, and uh, the My Father Lebijou, or any of the My Fathers, really, um, good choices. Good choices for Christmas. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but yeah, it's, that's not the thing I can control. I can only help you with what you smoke. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Um, now, we just heard some of the horror stories that people face just when they get to Mexico and trying to get to the U.S. They're being kidnapped, starved, raped, extorted. That's just in Mexico. I'm just wondering, I'm not, where is the urgency here? Where is the outrage that, that men, women, and children are going through hell? And it seems as though, unless there's some political aspect to this, there's no outrage. There, there's no focus. That's MSNBC. MSNBC asking the question, where's the outrage? Where's the focus on the border? I swear to you, it is. No, you are not in the upside down, no matter how much you may think that you really and truly are. You're living right now in the real world. Don't let the music throw you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com, TonyKatz.Locals.com. Where is the urgency? Where is the urgency? And the answer is, hell if I know. Certainly not from the administration. They want to tell you that everything is fine at the border. Everything's fine and everything's good. And you're the problem for noticing and saying that there's an issue. And as a matter of fact, nobody would even know what the border is if uh, Republicans weren't talking about it. Isn't that what they say about inflation? 
Nobody would even know what the border, what what inflation is, unless uh, Republicans were talking about it. You think anybody's ever heard the term supply chain before? You think anybody's ever brought up supply chain in their lives? You think anybody's ever heard of such a thing? My gosh, no. You never heard of supply chain a day in your life. That's what they think of you. That's what little respect they have for you. The border is an issue, and everybody's noticing. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. They don't want to work at all. They have destroyed this border. We don't even have operational control anymore. Think about what your story just portrayed. 1.5 million fentanyl pills in one week. One crossing from 42 different countries. This didn't used to be this way. And what's going to happen in one week from now when Title 42 is lifted? For, so all your viewers understand what that means. Title 42 simply says when someone enters our country illegally from another nation, we send them back back to their country. When you do that, it stops illegal immigration from coming. But this this administration will not uphold that. Now, remember, Title 42 is about health concerns. It's not really an immigration policy. We just utilize it. We still haven't done anything. We're still not fixing the problem. The only people who don't notice are the people at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and their ridiculous, nonsensical, lying acolytes throughout media. Thank goodness, an honest conversation out of MSNBC. Now maybe the New York Times, the Washington Post, some others will come along and this administration might actually do something that helps us all. I'd be surprised, but I'd also be extremely, extremely happy if they did. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today.